I am speaking. There we go. Be careful what you say. We're going to pray. Today we're going to talk about prayer, as we've been doing the last several weeks. Uh, today we're going to focus on a prayer that we're all very, very familiar with. Uh, and I've asked you to remain standing because I'm going to ask you to recite it with me. Uh, we don't do this hardly ever. Uh, and we'll probably talk about that in the message today. And that's fine. But <clears throat> we're going to recite the Lord's Prayer. That's Matthew chapter 6 and uh, Luke chapter 11. They say the same things. But uh, you're probably going to change a couple of words. I speak in King James English when I recite. All of my memory verses are King James. Yours might be New King James. Yours might be New American Standard. Yours might be, golly, who knows what. <laughs> uh, no offense meant by to any of the translations. So don't worry about it if we if I say trespasses and you say debts and somebody else says sin. Uh, when we get to that section of the prayer. So I want us to say it together, uh, and then we'll uh, begin the uh, the message proper. So together, we're going to recite the Lord's Prayer. So let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I think I added an extra ever. But that's the new, new King James. You may be seated. Thank you very much. We've been going through a series of messages, as I've just said, on prayer. And we've come to what's sometimes called uh, Jesus' prayer, God's prayer, disciples' prayer, the Father's prayer, uh, partly because of the way in which it appears in Scripture. The Scripture uh, in Matthew speaks in terms of the disciples saying, uh, how, how do we pray and uh, teach us to pray is what the scripture says. The disciples asking Jesus and Jesus says, our father, well, you just, we just did it together. Our father uh, who art in heaven, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and unfortunately, and I say this carefully, unfortunately, in many cases, uh, the emphasis has been on memorizing those five verses. That's five verses of scripture, by the way. Aren't you excited that you know five connected verses? All, oh my goodness, how wonderful that is. But <clears throat> that we have to be able to recite that flawlessly, uh, uh, from absolute memory. No, 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 no fair cheating. No fair looking at in the Bible, shame on you. Uh, and, and so there we are. Uh, and what does that do? Well, in many cases, unfortunately, uh, that's called vain repetition. And vain repetition is easily found in what we have just got through doing with our song service 
unfortunately, again, Jesus is all the world to me. Now, my question to you, and I've said this before, so we're not sneaking up on you. Do you really, truly mean that? Or are you just singing the words because that's what's printed here and that's what uh, Rosie did a marvelous job of playing on the piano for us? Going on. Oh, there's something about that name. There's something about that name, Master, Savior, Jesus. Do you truly believe that? Is Jesus your Master? Is He your Savior? Jesus, fragrance after the rain. Wow. Let all heaven and earth proclaim, kings and kingdoms will all pass away. And we just sang all of it. We just, you just sang those words. Do you believe them? Do you, with your heart, did it come from your heart? Isn't it a wonderful thing that I have a savior, a master like Jesus Christ? that all kingdoms will pass away and his kingdom will last forever. And then the third one that we sang, his name is wonderful. And I'm not going to beat that same drum again. But look at the words. Do you truly, truly believe that? We're going to look at the phrases of the Lord's Prayer today. That's going to be the focus of our message as we as we go through. And chances are, I'm not going to get through the entire prayer, so there's going to be a part two to this message. Therefore, all of you need to make sure you're back here again next week. We're going to jump in from Oceanside, God willing, in my Lincoln town car. uh, And we're going to do part two, which will be the the second half of the prayer. I don't think I can get the entire prayer in uh, today. But... We just recited that prayer. Do we believe those phrases? Let's even begin with the first phrase. Our Father who art in heaven, King James, our Father in heaven. Uh, that's, I think, the paraphrased edition, but that's all right. <clears throat> and let's just tear that apart. Let's look at that for a minute. And I want you to see something because we start with our Father and we just kind of throw that word out and, and what does that mean? And as I shared in Bible study today, oftentimes we read through Scripture and we don't really catch the meaning, the significance of every single word. Now I'm going to say this again and you're going to say, oh, here he goes. That Bible that you have, that you carry, be it a book, uh, be it your little tablet device or whatever the thing is called that pops up all 66 books, uh, for you is a personal letter written love letter written to you by God written to you personally up at the top Genesis chapter 1 but right up above that it says dear stick your name in there dear Susie I'm using names that are here dear Rosie dear Rosemary dear care and if I didn't use your name it's because I don't want to get redundant with the, the idea here Put your name in there. Dear Martin, for I created the heavens and the earth. Using, kind of changing the words so it makes sense. But there it is. And we go through the entire Bible that way. This 
Bible is written for my personal use. My personal use. Now I'll change the my to your. I'll change the your to our personal use. And we say our Father who art in heaven. Our Father. Well, what's a father? And we think about what a father, and don't think about your father necessarily. I have a collection of people that I called father uh, in my life, and uh, I don't want to talk about any one of them, really, in the context of of what a father should be. Uh, And you probably have maybe similar situations in your family life, or you know fathers that, okay, they are biological fathers, but they aren't the loving, wonderful creatures that God created uh, as they should have been. And we won't go there. But the idea here being is that that father is the personification of fatherhood. What should a father, what should a father be? And everything that a father should be, God is. Even to the point of conception. For God so loved the world, he did special creation. Day six, Adam, Eve, and so on. And therefore, by extension, Adam is my great-grandfather. I'm not going to say all the greats will be here in the next week. Okay? And so we have to go one step beyond that. God is my grandfather. Biologically speaking, God is my grandfather. And God loves me so much that he gave me the Garden of Eden. And he's bringing the Garden of Eden back. How is he doing that? He did that in the fact that he sent his son to cleanse us from all unrighteousness in order that we might do what? That we might be with him in heaven for... uh, a week and a half. Three weeks like we're going to be in Oceanside. No, I think it's something about eternally. Didn't We even sang the word, didn't we? That was one of those words we always... Yes, down. Jesus is all the world to me. Eternal life. Eternal joy. We're going to be in the Garden of Eden forever. Forever with him. Now, there's another word that's connected there, and, and the word is Abba, and we take uh, that word and we translate that in English uh, to mean daddy. And that idea of daddy, at least in my family, when my daughter came to me and called me daddy, well, she wanted something, I'll have to admit that. But, but that, was a, that was a term of what? Of, of endearment, of love. You know, she was basically, by saying daddy, she was saying, oh, I love you so much that I know you want to give me what I'm going to ask for. And, you know, and when, and when they come to you and say daddy that way, you really do want to succumb to their wishes, even when they are beyond your means. And when it's really hard to say no. I have two granddaughters that pretty much do that too. My granddaughters have special names for me. Sasha calls me. Uh, how do you, I can't say it correctly. Appa, which is Chinese, I understand, for grandfather, 
how that happened, I don't know. But there it is. That's what she calls me. She doesn't call me grandpa. She doesn't call me grandfather. None of those were. She calls me Appa. That's my name for her. That's the title uh, that she provides for me. And when I hear her say that, my heart melts. You've met Sasha. Your heart melts. She's just a wonderful, beautiful, as nearly perfect child as the... Never. I don't want to go there. You got the idea. But <clears throat> there's that. But there's that. That's that idea we're talking about. The word that we're talking about. That's our relationship to God the Father. And we just even sang a song about how special He is. God the Father. God the Creator. God the Lover of all things. God the Forgiver of all sin. God, etc., etc. Who is God? What can God do? What could, What did God do? God created me. He created my great-grandfather, Adam, and my great-grandmother, Eve. And that's the God we're talking about. And he created me. Before the foundations of the world, he knew that Martin Hubbler was going to be breathing the air that he created on this earth. That's the God we're talking about. And that's the God that I have the opportunity of having an intimate Abba kind of relationship with. How do I do that? Well, prayer sounds good to me because prayer is conversation with God. I have close, intimate conversations with Shirley every day. She's the closest human being to me in this life. That's, that's my lovely wife. And we, and we intimately speak to one another. We tell each other secrets, fears and, and sorrows and all of, all of that stuff, as well as the good stuff. All of the time. Things that I wouldn't share with anybody else in this room. Unless it was couched in, pray for me in this. <laughs> you know, then, then you might get a piece of it, but not all of it. She gets it all. And sometimes that's a pretty heavy burden. Now, that's a side issue. But but that's what I'm talking about, that intimacy. I'm talking about that closeness. And that's my opportunity with our Father. I just got the first two words of the Lord's Prayer done. How much time have I got left? Uh, We might even get in the next two words. Okay. Our Father who art in heaven. Where is He? In heaven. Now, we're celebrating the moon landing. I've never been uh, John Kennedy, wonderful, wonderful, hooray, hooray, space nut. Never, ever. Even when it was brand new. It's just, I just not my thing. That's okay. Uh, but none of them, as they go out there, they've been on the moon, they've looked to Mars, and, and somebody, was it Aldridge, I think I heard him on the news the other day. Aldrin. Aldridge has passed away. Yeah. Anyway, said Mars is in this, is in sight. We're going to use the moon as a relay point. We'll stop off at the moon and refresh ourselves, and then off to Mars we go. At least that's the way I heard it. Isn't that a marvelous thing? Nobody has said, oh, and on the way we'll wave to God and say, oh, there's heaven right over there. That's limiting 
God. Because God, not only did he create the world, not only did he create the moon and Mars and all those other planets, even the planets we don't call planets for a while, and now we're calling it a planet again, uh, although it's a, a Disney dog, you know, I don't know. He created the universe. He created it all. And if there are more than one universe, and there are those that say that are, there is, uh, he created that one too. All of it, all of it is his creation. And he's in heaven, we'll say, above all of that. Heaven is a spiritual place. It's a spiritual realm that we as physical beings are never going to see. Never going to see heaven in this spiritual, in this physical body. We're not. The pathway to heaven is what? Faith in him, forgiveness of sin, and what? Physical death. It, that's just, that's second law of thermodynamics. There it is. It's not really possible to translate the word Abba into English, although we have, and, and I've, I've already talked about that. Now you remember, uh, and I lost it, where is it? Uh, that uh, I read something for you last week that I promised I was going to read again. Here it is. I cannot say. And I like this uh, because of all of the things that we do, and I've already talked about some of it, the, the idea of singing the songs and saying the words, and, and we recited the Lord's Prayer together. Uh, next week we're going to do communion, and we're going to go through the communion process. Uh, for some of you it's just a ritual, one thing that's tagged on to the end of of a service, and if it is, gee, I'm sorry about that, because it isn't that at all. If we really, truly are tuned in to God, that's a very, very meaningful thing that we do, that communion service, and we'll talk more about that next week. Let me read this to you, and then I'm going to read you a prayer uh, that uh, Rosie was kind enough to give to me that I think you'll enjoy as well. This one is I cannot say and the author is unknown. That's appropriate, isn't it? He won't take credit or she won't take credit. I cannot say our if I live only for myself. I want you to listen carefully to the words, translate the words so that you understand what, what they're saying. I cannot say father if I do not endeavor each day to act like his child. I cannot say in heaven if I am lying, uh, uh, pardon me, laying up no treasure there. I cannot say hallowed be your name if I'm not striving for holiness. I cannot say uh, your kingdom come if I'm not doing all in my power to hasten that wonderful event. I cannot say your will be done if I am disobedient to his word. Let's go back and do that one again. 
I cannot say your will be done if I am disobedient to his word. Suck the truth out of that one. I cannot say on earth as it is in heaven if I'll not serve him here and now. I cannot say give us today our daily bread if I am dishonest or seeking things by subterfuge. I cannot say forgive us our debts, trespasses, if I harbor a grudge against anyone. I cannot say lead us not into temptation if I deliberately place myself in its path. Ooh, there's another one that we need to pay attention to. I cannot say lead us not into temptation if I deliberately place myself in its path. Here's the physicalness of this. An alcoholic does not go in and sit at the bar to show how strong he is as he takes in the fumes of of whiskey and does vodka smell? I'm not sure. Anyway, you got the idea. I cannot say deliver us from evil if I do not put on the whole armor of God. Ephesians chapter 6. I'm sure you're all familiar with that. I cannot say yours is the kingdom if I do not give the king the loyalty due him from a faithful subject. I cannot attribute to him the power if I fear what men may do. I cannot ascribe to him the glory if I'm seeking honor only for myself. And I cannot say forever if the horizon of my life is bounded completely by time. I cannot. Now, this you'll love this. Because we've talked about where and when and how you can pray. And we've all got our, you know, you gotta, you gotta be in a certain place. You gotta be in a certain posture. You gotta, you know, all I'm really saying is you gotta be in a certain mood, uh, to effectively pray. But this, you'll love this. And this, Sam Walter Foss wrote this. Aren't you excited to know that? Okay. He lived until 1911. So sometime before 1911, this was written. Here we go. The proper way for a man to pray, said Deacon Lemuel Keyes, and the only proper attitude is down upon his knees. No, I should say the way to pray, said Reverend Dr. Wise, is standing straight with outstretched arms and wrapped in upturned eyes. Oh, no, 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 said Elder Snow. Slow, S-L-O-W. Such postures too proud a man should pray with eyes fast closed and head contritely bowed. Seems to me his hands should be austerely clapped in front with both thumbs pointing towards the ground, said Reverend Dr. Blunt. Rosie and I were working on that before church and we figured it had to look something like this. Hands clasped, thumbs there. So you got to practice this pose, I'm sure. Last year, I fell in Hodgkin's well head first, 
said Cyrus Brown, with both my heels a sticking up, my head a pointing down. And I made a prayer right then and there, best prayer I ever said, the prayingest prayer I ever prayed, a standing on my head. <laughs> kind of cute, isn't it? Kind of cute. What is what is this silly little thing that I read saying? Can we pray in any one of these attitudes? Can we pray on our knees? Can we pray with outstretched arms and upturned eyes? I kind of feel very much like a Pharisee with this one. but uh, uh, Or can I close my eyes and head? Sometimes closing my eyes is good because it blocks out con- uh, obs- uh, distractions. That's the word. I was going to say obstructions. That's close, but distractions. Okay. Uh, I've never, I've never practiced this one, so I'm not sure about the hands class business. Uh, sometimes the classic pose that I think I normally see with hands, it's, it's, it's just this way. I have a tie that has about a dozen of these up and down the tie that looks just like this. And if you're praying, if you're really truly praying, that's the way your hands should be. And they didn't even mention it here. But there, there, you know, that was always my thought. Okay, I'm going to pray. Okay, can, can you tell what I'm going to do right now? There you are. Uh, but then I'll have to admit that Cyrus Brown really had it. Now, I've never fallen in a well and fell down head first, I'll have to admit. But I have been in situations where uh, when I was climbing a... No, I'll tell you, and this was before I became a Christian. Maybe it's why I became a Christian. Uh, when it was necessary for me to parachute. And I mean necessary for me to parachute because someone pushed me out because the plane was supposed to crash. And... I was very upset. And I realized that being upset was not a good thing to do because there was something I needed to do and that was pull the thing that opened. You know, anyway, <clears throat> and I'll have to admit, I said something like, God help me. Uh, and that was a sincere prayer, let me tell you, uh, as I remember the, the event. The plane didn't crash and that upset me. That really did upset me, which meant I had to, I did all of that for naught. Well, but I did learn something. You are an idiot if you purposefully parachute. I'm sorry, uh, no offense to anybody in the room and, and what you've done. You know, I really like George Bush, the father, but he, but excuse me, when he jumped out of the plane that was going to crash into the Pacific Ocean, that made sense to me. When he gives himself a birthday present every year, up until the time he's like, what is he, 90-something? And now he can't do it on his own. He has the physical strength. So he has somebody go up with him, wrap their arms around him, and take That's just plain stupid. But prayer. Prayer is conversation with God. Now, 
when I sit in a chair with my eyes closed or my eyes open or whatever, and I'm, and I'm praying, I'm talking to God, how do I picture God? Well, I probably picture him, uh, sitting in the chair next to me, listening intently, and probably in a similar posture to me. But that's just supposition. If I look over in that chair with physical eyes, the chair is as empty as the chair is that I'm looking at right now. But I know that I'm conversing with God. I know that God is speaking to me. How do I know that? Because I'm in tune with him. Because I know, first of all, I accept the fact that there is a God. Isn't that an exciting idea? There is a God. The proper way a man to prayer, pray is down upon his knees. Uh, <coughs> our Father in heaven. Uh, we did that. Okay, in heaven. What's the in heaven about? It's not possible to translate Abba. No attempt at translation. Jesus is telling the disciples when they start praying, they come to God of heaven. Where is he? He's there and by faith, I know that there's a God. Have I ever seen God? No. I have pictures of Jesus hanging in my wall. They are what they call artists' renditions of what he might possibly have looked like. And as I understand biology and genetics and and not a whole lot, and I look at that picture, I find four or five. No, Jesus wouldn't have had eyes that look like that. Jesus, his that skin, skin tone is wrong, et cetera, et cetera. And I've been, have you been to the museums? I've, I've been to the museum, walking up and down, and I've seen Jesus crucified in 20 different paintings. I've seen Jesus fresh out of the shower, crystal clean and pure in his little white loincloth, water dripping. It looks like water dripping off of his hair. He didn't have time to dry it off before he went about his business for the day. Jesus being crucified. Now, I've, I know the crucifixion account, uh, crucifixion account, and so do you. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> I don't know what this picture is talking about, but there it is. Artist rendition. And I'm not really throwing rocks at what I see, but I know that I have never seen the Lord Jesus Christ physically. I've never seen the physical person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Polaroid cameras hadn't been invented yet. I don't understand, you know, why technology took so long. But no pictures of Jesus. No pictures of God the Father. That's not fair. That's God's in heaven. And by faith... I know that there's a God. How do I know that there's a God? I'm standing on it. He created the heavens and the earth. Our Father who art in heaven. And because he art in heaven, oh my goodness, hallowed be your name. We might have a part three of this message. Uh, Hallowed be your name. Praying in the name of Jesus. Prayer must be in the name of Jesus. Why? Because it's through Jesus that we come to know God. We come to know God in a really true way. We learn the very love of God through Jesus. How is that possible? Because Jesus was willing to do what he did for you and for me. And what was the purpose of that? In order that we might be reconciled 
to the Father. God gave his only begotten son that we might be reconciled to him. And Jesus was willing to do that. I will do whatever you ask in my name, scripture says. John chapter 14. I will do, God will do whatever you ask in my name, Jesus. In biblical time, someone's name indicated their nature, who they were. And you, and you, we kind of laugh at that today because it's not true today. I, I know what the root meaning of my name is. Warlike. Oh yeah, well, when I was in, when I was wearing my Marine Corps suit, I guess you could, yeah, there it is. He's personification of Mars, of Martin, and doing what, what he was intended to do from birth. I don't want to go any further with that. Uh, <clears throat> but what's in a name? The Lord is so great that the Bible uses many different names for God. He's, he's our protector. He's our counselor. He's our guide. He's our savior. He's this. He's that. He's, the, and he's all of those things. And it's good that he's all of those things because he's all of, he's the all in all to me. That's why I'm able to go to him so very, very freely and pray. And believe me, I've been in prayer this week. This has not been a good week for for Martin Hubbler. And Shirley Hubbler, she's been along for the ride. Hadn't been good for her either. Not been a good week. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. Strong tower. This thing is a strong tower today. All it takes is a, th- a, a tomahawk missile and I can blow a tower up. No problem if I aim it properly. But in the day when this was written, strong tower. Now you think in terms of castles and towers and and the fortifications that are there and, and the bad guys can't get in if you've got it fortified properly and, and so on and so on. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The name, just the name. I love some of the scripture that ties in to this kind of thing. Because when the spies were in uh, Jericho and were dealing with Rahab, and Rahab said, hey, we know about you, and we know about your God. We are absolutely petrified with fear that you're going to do to us what you did to the Egyptians. And that was before CNN. That was before Fox News. That You got the idea. And we're terrified at the very name of your God. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. Names linked to God. And that's what we're going to get done today. Okay. Peace. Rest commitment he called it the lord is peace judges 624 the lord is peace the lord is rest come unto me all ye who are labor and are heavy laden and i will give you what's that word four letters rest i will give you rest and in that rest you'll have contentment righteousness perfection for in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed. Romans chapter 1. Righteousness. Perfection. The only perfection that there is, is in God. God is perfect. 
Jesus is perfect. The rest of us don't even qualify. We lost out in the semifinals. We never even made it to the semifinals. Sanctifies, purifies. My God himself, sanctify you through and through. Sanctifies. That talks about, that's cleansing, isn't it? That's that's taking all of that mess that you are from within. And here we're talking about the mess of sin, I would guess. And we're and he's he's taking the Clorox and the scrub brush and he's cleansing you. And what's the, the song says? White as snow. White as snow. He heals by his wounds. You've been healed. By his wounds, you've been healed. By the fact that he went to the cross for you. His wounds, those are the wounds we're talking about. You have been healed. Healed of what? Healed of that scourge of sin. Because the wages of sin is, uh, I'll think of it in a minute, death. The wages of sin is death. That's what you get. If you're in sin and you're not, not forgiven, death. There's where you're going. That's what it's going to be. He heals. It's he who sees, who provides. Abraham called the place, the Lord will provide. Think of manna in the wilderness. The Lord will provide. And I've seen seen personally this week that kind of provision in a physical sense in our lives. I've seen it. I've seen it before. And I've seen it this week. Provision. Because of the love of God, this and so was provided. Now, can it be explained away in a physical sense? Sure, of course it can. Because we are physical people. You know, God has called this physical person to reach out in love to you, uh, to suggest to you that you should become saved. That's called witnessing. That's called evangelism, whatever whatever word you want to use. That's what it's called. And he's given us the power to do it. He's taught us how to do it. He who provides. He's our security. He's our captain. Captain is leader. He's our leader. He's our shepherd. He's our companion. He's our friend. Now, I never could call my Marine Corps captain, my friend. Well, there was one I could. Uh, we'll talk about that another day. I don't want to take the time. But for the most part, when you think in terms of, of the military, and, and captain is a military word, uh, you don't think of a captain as a friend. You think of a captain as a leader. You do thus and so uh, for whatever reason. And, and, and if you don't, <laughs> woe unto you. Uh, and there you go. But you see, he's our captain and our friend at the same time. The Lord is our shepherd, Psalm 23. One of those psalms that we can almost uh, probably recite from memory, those six verses. But do you believe what they say? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Whatever does that mean? And I'm not going to tell you today. Think about it. Hallowed is your name. You are to be praised. God the Father. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due to his name. Ascribe to the Father 
the glory that is due to his name. Now, I said Father, and what I have written in front of me, it says Lord, and that's First Corinthians, or pardon me, First Chronicles, chapter sixteen. Ascribe to the Lord the glory to his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. We understand splendor. We got Queen Elizabeth still going around and, and Philip in his wonderful uniform with all of the, the medals and the ribbons and, and, and I'm not knocking and I'm just talking about it. Splendor. Wow. Look at that. And we saw Mr. Trump. Uh, overseas, President Trump overseas, and, and going through all of these ceremonial uh, welcomes with uh, honor guard, that's what I want, all the splendor, all the glory. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Enter the gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, Psalm 100, verse 4. And we can do that right there. Psalm 100 verse 4. Write that down in your memory. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. How can I do that in prayer? As we pray. Every time we go to him. And we can go to him all day long. All night long. In every waking moment. And if you're really programmed you can even do it while you're asleep. Then you're really tuned in, aren't you? We can do that. And the more we do it, the more God knows how much you love Him. He knows how much He loves you. And He's shown you how much He loves you. And He's just waiting for you to show love to Him. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his, and I'm going to stick in a couple of words here, his holy name, his holy name. Hallowed be your name, it says. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Holy be your name. Glorified is your name. The Lord's Prayer. Jesus' Prayer. Disciples' Prayer. Whatever name we want to give it. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Let's pray. Gracious, loving Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for that love letter that you've given to each of us. An opportunity for us to know and to love you so very, very closely and deeply. Let us now demonstrate that love in our prayers, in our action, in our following the dictates that you have set before us. And for this we do give thanks and praise. In Jesus' precious and holy name, and all of God's people said, Amen. I was reading um, something that Franklin Graham had said about the Apollo landing. And he mentioned that Buzz Aldrin